0: off your device. That's soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My name's Joyne Osterlund, and I'm your host, and we are on to the next episode. Today, my guest is very special to me. She is a friend and colleague, and her name is Zoe Kors, and she has just released her book, Radical Intimacy. So we dive in to talk about what intimacy is and why it is so necessary to get fulfillment in our life, to overcome pain, and to generally feel better about where we are in this world and how radical intimacy can get you there to get you to that place where you feel good about your life, you feel connected and you have the support you need. So I really enjoyed talking with Zoe about her work and her book, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Before we start the episode, if you are enjoying the Addicted Mind podcast, please leave a review in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. I do read them. They mean a lot to me to see that the work I'm doing has a positive impact on all of you out there and that you all are getting a lot out of it so i really do appreciate all the people that have taken the time to do that and it really does help people find the addicted mind podcast so thank you so much if you've done that and think about joining our facebook group just go to facebook type in the addicted mind podcast and click join all right let's go ahead and start this episode Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. I have an incredible guest today. Her name is Zoe Kors, and she is the author of the book, Radical Intimacy. And she is also a friend and colleague. And so, Zoe, I am so excited to talk to you about your work and what you're doing and this book. And I know this has been a huge project for you. And I have been lucky enough to see this grow and work with you uh, and to, to see it all come together. So please just introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Duane. It's so great to be here with you. Yeah. So my name is Zoe Chorus, and I am a sex and intimacy coach. I work with you, Dwayne, with Helping Couples Heal. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And... I also have a private practice, and I am the resident sex and intimacy coach for a a sexual wellness app called Coral. I have my own podcast called the Radical Intimacy Podcast, which I launched sort of in conjunction with the book to really, I feel like there are so many conversations to have, and Dwayne will have you on that podcast as well.
0: Oh, that'd be great.
1: Yeah. So that's who I am.
0: Awesome. So let's, we're going to just jump right in. And let's just talk about writing this book. But wait, wait, before we do that, I want to say what I I love about this to, to set the stage for this is that, you know, intimacy is such a key part of healing from trauma and addiction. So when your book came out, I was so excited about that because it's so important in this process of healing. So I want to put that as a stage. We're going to get all into that. But first, writing this book, why now, why do it, why put it out there?
1: Well, so over the years that I've been doing this work, I hear over and over and over again a common theme, people talking about wanting to feel deeply connected, people talking about feeling isolated or lonely, even inside of a partnership like a marriage, and feeling like I sort of borrowed from my own personal practice. I've been a lifelong meditator, and definitely have sort of. I'm a Zen Buddhist practitioner and a yoga practitioner, and so a lot of those sort of Eastern philosophies and practices really sort of lend themselves to alleviating the kind of loneliness and and that feeling of like disconnection, and right, so. Right. This book has been in the making, you know, I mean, the seeds of it were planted probably when I was a child, actually, but, you know, at least several years ago. But then when the pandemic hit, I mean, that's just a whole new level of needing to navigate connection, human connection in a new paradigm. And I mean, we'll get to this, but like, really, ultimately, at the foundation of that is the connection with ourselves.
0: Yeah. And that's what one of the things I love about reading your book is that this is, it's radical intimacy. It's bigger than just sexuality. It's like you said, so many of us can struggle with that feeling of loneliness and isolation. And maybe, like you said earlier, the own seeds of our childhood set us up not to be able to do it or yeah. our struggle to it so we we end up feeling alone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we aren't taught to do. We are actually we are conditioned to do the opposite. We're conditioned to look for authority outside of ourselves. And that's not to say like I'm I'm actually not a libertarian and I'm not somebody who feels like, you know, self exists at the expense of other. You know, but right. there's both, and our ability. I mean, the truth is, Dwayne, you know this as well as I do. We can only meet each other to the extent that we can meet ourselves. Right? right. We can't share yeah. a piece of ourselves if we don't know what it is that we're sharing. So, yes. right? We need to really spend some time. And the thing is, is that you know, talking about conditioning, we are taught to invest resources, time, energy, money into things like financial stability and physical fitness and health and wellness. But we are also told not to talk about intimacy, about sex or relationships, all of that, that those are just that just takes care of itself. But that's actually nothing could be farther from the truth.
0: Yeah. It's like, we're really stuck in that dilemma. You know, it's like health and wellness, but let's not talk about it. Yeah. And if you're not going to talk about it, you're not going to learn about yourself. You're not going to explore yourself and yeah, you can't connect what you don't know.
1: Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's why the book, that's why the book, because I see this, this pervasive longing for connection And fear of connection, fear and anxiety around intimacy, and also a real longing to feel deeply connected. So, a lot of my work is right through that framework, you know.
0: Right. So, let's talk about that and go a little bit deeper into that because I know for my own life and my own life journey, it's been a process of gaining intimacy to the self, it's been a process of being open to others, especially when you have some childhood trauma that stops that. So let's jump into that process and talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I define and name three kinds of intimacy there are three levels of intimacy as well. And, and I draw sort of a radical intimacy matrix, which is like a roadmap to the intersection of the three levels and the three kinds create, if you grid it out like a bingo card, create these nine areas of opportunity to cultivate connection or intimacy. And so, you know, when you're talking about intimacy with yourself, the three kinds of intimacy are emotional, physical, and energetic, what I call energetic. So just briefly, like emotional intimacy is the experience of recognizing, articulating, expressing, and accepting the feelings and sentiments and moods of ourselves and others, right? Right. Physical intimacy is the experience of connection and familiarity with our own physicality as well as that of another. So when we're physically intimate with ourselves, we know how our body works, what sensations are pleasurable, and which cause discomfort or pain, right? So sex is one form of physical intimacy, but, you know, it's not the only form. There's a whole world of physical intimacy to explore outside of sex. Energetic intimacy is, and I really, I really had to kind of work <laughs> to convey what I'm talking about because this is a, a realm that I live in quite a bit as a Zen practitioner, you know, I'm, I'm very, this is the space of meditation. It's the space of presence, right? So energetic intimacy is the experience of feeling deeply connected to someone or ourselves beyond the utility of speech and touch. It's composed of three pillars, presence, humility, and curiosity and you'll often see that come up in situations where you're walking in the woods or even with somebody else like shared experiences with a couple i often use when i coach couples i lean into these shared experiences of energetic intimacy because it's neutral territory
0: right right you know what you're describing and what what i make up your saying is that that presence of being in that moment and i think in some ways you can't capture that in language it's really hard to capture that in words because it's like you're saying it's a felt sense it's a it's something that we experience in the moment that if we've done some of our work we're outside of some of our trauma we're able to have that and it's a it's a closeness
1: yeah, exactly. And I think when by the time you you put that awareness, you process that through the brain and out your mouth in the form of language, you're already a few steps beyond it, right? So it's that it really is that awareness moment to moment to moment to moment. And that allows you so much possibility, right? Like you're outside of or or really the way I sort of visualize and I'm a very visual person, but you're sort of actually underneath or beyond it, but on the on a foundational level where it's like it's outside of the realm of shame or regret or self-loathing or anxiety. It's just you're you're there. It's like a connection that exists. And part of it, I mean it sounds a little woo, but part of it is indescribable. I mean, it's so hard to really use language to describe it because it defies language.
0: Right. Yeah. And so you know it when you're there because you're in the experience of it and it's hard to communicate it because yeah, it's a felt sense. It's hard yeah. to it's hard to put words. Language is just a metaphor for our experience. Yeah. So yeah. definitely understood. And I think it's something that we we all crave that connection on some deep level, a connection to the world, to others. But uh, one thing I want to talk about, I think it's something else, is that there's a r- lot of roadblocks along the way yeah. to get there. So we know we want to get there. We know we want to have this radical intimacy, yeah, uh, especially if we've been hurting, especially if we've had trauma. But yeah, there's roadblocks.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm curious, I mean, you, you do this work and you help people all the time. So I'm curious what roadblocks you see.
0: No. Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely, I I think one of the things you were talking about earlier about having like the emotional intimacy part and the physical intimacy part, I would say on the emotional level, sometimes if we have overwhelming emotions, maybe once I keep going back to trauma, but you know, sometimes that sets the stage where we're so overwhelmed by our emotional experience in the moment that we can't be in the moment because they're so we're, we're in a lot of pain. Maybe it's anxiety or depression or shame or, and that blocks us from kind of connecting on this very intimate level.
1: Yes. Right. Exactly. And, and I think that, some of the you know somatic experiencing and some of the techniques mindfulness techniques for dealing with triggers and learning to self regulate all of that is so valuable and and really what i find is that we can access intimacy with ourselves through what i call central awareness right so through the vehicle of our five senses We we can kind of, and that really, when you think about it, when we're born, when we're first born, that's how we experience the world. You know, it's extremely direct because we don't have the cognitive sophistication to add meaning to everything the way we do when we're adults. We're like meaning making machines, you know, by the time we're adults. So when you take it right back to that sort of central awareness, what am I, you know, and this is like the the classic orienting trauma exercise. What am I, you know, what am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I feeling, tasting? You know, it's very uh, smelling. It brings you to a present moment in a way and out of your own story
0: right and as you know i'm a big fan of mindfulness i love mindfulness it's been very important in my life as part of this healing process because it's allowed me to work to be more present and you talk a lot about that in in the book as well can you can you talk a little bit more about how that's part of this radical intimacy
1: yeah presence itself or mindfulness yeah yeah, yeah. yes absolutely you know, I take that, and I do this often in workshops. I'm speaking at a, a big at the Milken Global Conference, and I was just writing my uh, my little talk <laughs> this weekend. Right. And I'm going to do. I decided to do something that I often do at, at live events, and that is to guide people through a meditation in which they imagine drinking their cup of coffee and if you're not obsessed with coffee the way I am, you can do this with tea or an apple or a piece. Sometimes I do like I have people actually bring an apple to a workshop and we do this in real life together, but you can do it in your imagination. So with the coffee, I, you know, when I get up in the morning, I grind my beans and I, Boil my water in my water boiler and I set my cup out and I put my little filter in and in my Chemex and I do all the things. And as I'm doing it, I'm thinking about, I'm listening to the sound of the grinder and the water boiling and the beeping of the thing that tells me it's ready. I'm looking at the filter. I feel the filter paper just to kind of like. Mm, have a tactile experience i'm thinking about the bean that grew the plant that produced the flowers that produced the beans that you know and then the farmer who picked the beans the grocer the d- truck driver who transported the packager all of it all of the things that contributed to this moment for me of being able to drink my coffee it's a this is part of my morning practice right And it's that level of awareness where like, I could not be more intimate with my cup of coffee. Like I'm, I am so appreciative and present to this cup of coffee and everything that is in this cup of coffee that at that point, and that's really, you know, that's, that's like uber presence, Right To right, the experience yeah. of coffee. When you think about approaching your life, like take that level of awareness to your shower, to driving your car, to interactions with people, to the next time you have sex, you know, a board meeting. Like, can you imagine experiencing your life with that level of intimacy?
0: Yeah, you, you know, that's where connection comes from. I was thinking about, as you were talking, the practice of doing that with your coffee or whatever you choose going for a walk or however you do that is the place you start, but I'm also imagining in our relationships with others, it can unwind pretty quick, and all <laughs> of us all of a sudden we're not present and we're not connected and where did it go
1: right where did it go it It's such a good question. And it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole before you even know it. And all of a sudden you become aware of the fact that you're down at the bottom of the rabbit hole, right? Yep. So one of the things that I talk about in the book, and one of the things that sort of changed my whole life that comes into service every time there's a difficult situation is to step into witness consciousness. And what that means is that you're able to simultaneously be in the experience, but also witness yourself in the experience. So you know, always in the back of your mind, that there's a larger context that this is, this is one situation. It's one blip in a number of blips that compose your life or your relationship with, you know, whatever the difficulty is, right? And so if you can hold that, and listen, it takes practice, right? That's why we sort of, we plug into the larger context when we meditate or drink a cup of coffee mindfully, or for some people, they run, you know, they're able to step out. Or I know Jeff Bridges, the actor, Talked about surfing one time, and he he said it's like it's an unbelievable experience to be able to go out on the surfboard and look back at the shore and sort of remember the larger context of our little lives. Right, right.
0: that it's it's so much bigger than this moment.
1: Right. So I think that's definitely comes into play. It's like you know, in those in those moments, we are we can learn to connect with and step into witness consciousness again the easiest that's like the doorway into that territory is the present moment and our five senses and presence to that
0: right and i was thinking what you know as you were talking as well like we need some kind of structure to be able to do that. Sometimes some kind of cognitive structure, and you have in your book the intimacy matrix that kind of lays this structure out. Because I, I think we can talk about the mindfulness and connecting to this big uh, the other uh, the. Uh,
1: the mystery, I call it often. The mystery,
0: yeah. Maybe the mystery. <laughs> or, or the
1: oneness, right?
0: Or the oneness or whatever it is as we work towards intimacy and connection and, and all of that. But we can get lost without some kind of structure to help us get there, I guess. That's what I'm asking.
1: Yeah. I. I so the matrix is, again, it's like the, the intersection of the three kinds and the three levels of intimacy. So you end up with... These nine areas are physical intimacy with self, physical intimacy with others, physical intimacy with the world. that and then the same for emotional and energetic intimacy. It's like those three kinds of intimacy at those three levels. So you have this and and the idea is that all of them we're gonna be at home in one or two of these areas. They're going to feel really natural. We love being there. It's easy for us. Like whatever that is, you might have, you know, you might love to, you might know everything about your body, be a really embodied person. And you you feel like you can feel how your body feels energetically and what foods make you feel good and what happens when you sleep. Athletes are often like very intimate with their physicality. right? And then you might be, really awkward and anxious about physical intimacy with someone else, you know. So the areas that you are anxious about or that are overwhelming or scary, of course, are the biggest opportunities for growth. So what I find is cultivating intimacy and working all nine areas of the matrix really fortifies your life and balances you in a way that you can move through relationships skillfully
0: right and i i love that you lay it out this way in this in this in this matrix because i found that we tend to be really good at one area one or two of those areas and then that's where we put all of our energy is into this area that we're really good at but we miss this other area that we have to work on or there's anxiety about that area or whatever. And so we get stuck.
1: Yeah. Not only that Dwayne, but like then we try to get everybody in our lives to come stand in those areas with us when they're not right. necessarily native to that. Like we, we, we get all entitled and indignant about like, you need to emotionally connect with me. You know, I'm yeah. not going to, if you don't emotionally connect with me, then I'm not going to physically connect with you. And then the other one is like, I need to physically connect with you in order to feel like I can open up emotionally to you. And so we get in this thing where we're standing in other, other squares from each other trying to like communicate. And so, you know, walking around all nine areas and I give practices in the book to cultivate those things and what to look for and why this works this way. And, we're we're really trying to rewire our brains to be able to connect better.
0: Yeah, and it gives you the structure to do that. So, a question I'm having is: How did you come up with the structure? How did you start to do that and and put that all together? Was <laughs> um, that a, maybe that's a big question? I see I, you're I, I, smiling and you're I'm like, smiling. "Oh boy!"
1: I don't need. <laughs> I mean, you know. I don't know that I have a really solid answer for that. I mean, I think it's a little bit of, like I said, it's sort of my own personal practice all these years. And it all really started, I was going to say, with my 10-year sexless marriage in my 20s, and I tell that story in the book. And that really launched me on this path of, like, how could a self-aware, happy young woman who really loves her husband. I mean, we we continue. We're like right, brother yeah. and sister. Like, we're very good friends. And we had a very good marriage, except that I had absolutely no desire for him. So that was a piece of it, you know? Like, uh, it set me on this path of trying to understand the nature of sexuality and connection. Right. I look back, though, and, you know, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 20 in college. And that was another moment of like inquiry for me. And and that was a big, I'll tell you, I used to lie awake at night in high school listening to Alan Watts. Um, yeah, I love Alan Watts. Yeah, really incredible. If 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 you're listening to this and you don't know who Alan Watts is, just look him up on YouTube, Google him, and listen to some of the audio talks that he did. He They would play his talks on the radio at night and I would lie in bed. And that's a lot about like, he introduced me at the age of like 16, 17, that that this life isn't, there's more to it than we can see. And that's witness consciousness that we're talking about. There's a larger context here. And don't take yourself so seriously. So a few years later, when I'm in college and I have cancer, that mindset, that awareness really served me. So all of this contributed to The Matrix. And really, like I'm reminded of of Paul McCartney saying that he has no idea how he wrote yesterday. It just came through him, you know? Right. Like it's not right. something that he did. I I later on I got and I tell this story too with Owen in the book about a relationship with someone who, who really said to me, like, I want to be more intimate with you than anybody. And I was like, oh yeah, anybody ever that any two humans have ever been. I'm like, what does that look like? He's like, I don't know, but let's try it. And so he was, there was a lot of like physical intimacy and energetic intimacy with, was off the charts, but he was completely emotionally unavailable. Right, and again, like he couldn't be with his emotions, so he just like vomited them all over me. Yeah, and I had to deal with that,
0: and and so it's like this has come out of all of these experiences as you've slowly learned and grown and explored and your own situations, your own. Yeah. stuff right yeah and that it's, it's that this is all kind of come to the culmination of of this book of, yeah. of radical intimacy and putting all these stories together and all these learnings and giving it back
1: yeah and clients you know there are a lot of client s- stories yeah. and yeah
0: um, yeah all of those experiences coming all of those learnings and that wisdom that comes with the experience and the willingness to Explore and be open.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my own life is my laboratory, and I learned so much from my clients as well, like just sort of watching them navigate. And I mean, I really see coaching as a real partnership. You know, I know a lot of things, I know a lot of things, and a lot of things that can be helpful and in service of a client's healing, but it's really every client is brand new and it's really sort of an expedition. You know, we enter into this sort of laboratory together and I, I mean, I really, I enter into their world and I listen to what they're dealing with and together we sort of navigate into a, a, a path of healing.
0: Yeah, and I think... You know, intimacy brings that to us. So the more we can be intimate, the more we can heal, the more we can walk through our suffering and uh, we're not all alone.
1: Yeah, that's right. And this idea of we talked about how we're not taught to sort of work this part of our lives, but, you know, we're also we're not taught to be with ourselves. Like there's yeah. a particular skill set for being with yourself and not, I mean, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely, yeah. right? So, you know, you started talking a little bit about like, how do we skillfully be with ourselves? And that's a, that has a lot to do with presence, right? And without like assigning meaning and without future tripping or past tripping, Right. And really, like, leave the past in the past. Stop beating yourself up about it. The future will, you know, unfold as it will. Stop tripping over it and just be present. Be here now. As Ram Dass said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Be here now. And I like that you say that as and refer to it as a skill, because a skill is something that you can build and create and work on right it's it's not something just magical that you do or you don't do it's a skill skills take practice right
1: absolutely we can all learn this stuff and and truly it's not that hard
0: right right in some ways <laughs> yeah <laughs> the hard part yeah. is committing
1: to doing it
0: Yeah, I would think, but but the actual
1: doing of it is really not very hard at all. We can we can all do it. I mean, the exercises in my book are like they're super simple. It's not brain rocket science or you know brain surgery.
0: Yeah, totally. So, Zoe, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Before we end, I always like to ask guests one one question. And that's if anybody's out there listening. I hope people are out there listening. And if they are, maybe they're struggling, maybe they're wondering about intimacy or connection or feeling lonely. What would you want to tell them? If you could tell them one thing, what would you want to say?
1: If I could tell people one thing, I would want them to know that they're doing a good job, that they're okay, that it's this business of being human is not easy. And or we believe it's not easy, right? But, you know, I I like to say that you are not alone. You're not alone. And I mean that, but also, we are alone. We're each alone, but we're in that aloneness together. There are other people just like you feeling just the same thing as you, and we tend to think that we are the only ones. So if you are feeling lonely and isolated, or you're suffering or questioning yourself in some way, Just know that you're right on track. That's part of the human experience and that there are millions and millions of people wondering the same thing along with you about
0: themselves. Thank you so much, Zoe. It's been a pleasure. How can people find out about you or if they want more information or they want to find your book, where can they go?
1: ZoeKors.com, Z-O-E-K-O-R-S, as in Sam.com, is kind of my hub. You can find out about all the things there. And the book is available wherever you buy books. If you don't want to go to my site and you just want to buy the book, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your independent bookstore, wherever you buy books. It's there.
0: Awesome. And I will put all that information in the show notes as well at addictedmind.com. Zoe, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom.
1: Thank you so much, Dwayne. What a pleasure.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. As usual, all the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com. There you can get the link to all of Zoe's work and her books. And before you go, if you're enjoying the Addicted Mind Please rate and review us in iTunes or share the podcast with a friend. I really do appreciate that. And join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, type in the Addicted Mind podcast and click join. All right, everyone. I hope that you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you on the next episode.